So what I want to do this morning, as I said earlier, I just want to talk about some things. I'm going to turn this around too. That's a good idea. Um, I want to talk about some things that I've learned. To be honest with you, if you don't know this, I've been had, I've had the privilege to serve alongside my dad for about 10 years now. Well, you've been with me all your life. Th- that's true. <laughs> that's true. Um, Starting a red wagon. So, l- I don't even know where to go from there. <laughs> um, so, so let's talk about this real quick before we, we dive into some of the, the stuff that we feel like God's moving in here. Dad, why Crowley? Why, why do you feel like God called us here? Well, every, every campus has uh, a logo or a name, and I felt years ago God called me to come to Crowley. And uh, Pastor Jacob and I, who's my pastor, has been my pastor for 37 years. And we really prayed, and they had a man here that we really respected and honored, and we just felt like we'd never start a church as long as he was the pastor here in town. And, um, and what happened is uh, the night of his... Um, Actually, the night of his retirement, uh, yeah, his retirement, uh, I made a statement. We were going to start a church in Crowley. And the next week we were in Crowley. The next week. And so uh, I really thought I would come. I wanted to come. And, um, but the best thing I could do is I could send my son. And uh, not just because he's my son, because uh, Zach's a godly man and Claire's a godly girl. And uh, we love them and we respect them. And I, you know, the emblem of this town has a stalk of rice and it represents harvest. So I'm, when I pray for this campus, when I talk about this campus, I don't call it the Crowley campus. I call it the harvest campus because I believe there's so many people I flew over. I was going to California to go, to go speak somewhere one time and I flew over this area and God began to speak to me and I saw the harvest and I saw the fields and I saw the farmers working and God spoke to me. He said, you're going to be a worker together in my harvest field. And you're going to raise up people. They're going to collect the harvest for my kingdom. And we're believing not for just this city that would be changed. We pray that God would change our region. Amen? Amen. Yeah, absolutely. So that's kind of why we came to Har- uh, My dad tells a story of this all the time. But when we first came to town, we actually met with the mayor. And uh, one of the, the first things that he gave us was like a little pin. It was a button, and it mm-hmm. had this, um, this stalk of rice on it. It's kind of the symbol of this area. We're known as the rice capital of the world. And I remember my dad and I just walking away from that meeting going, man, there, there is a great harvest here. And we genuinely, genuinely believe that. So in order to really live out this mission, we talked about this last week, our, our goal and our mission here in Crowley, and it's been the mission since we started in Jennings, it's reaching people and building lives. Um, at the end of the day, if you're far from Jesus, you don't know who Jesus is, man, we want to reach you, we want to bring you in, but then at the end of the day, we don't want to just keep you there. We want to build you. We want to make a disciple out of you. We want your life to be flourishing and you experiencing freedom and in, in a life group and God changing your life. So in order to do that, I felt it was important to talk about some things really that I've learned along the way, to be honest with you, from my dad. Um, and being able to serve alongside him. And the one thing that I love about this statement, and I've heard him say this over and over and over, and it's so true for us. It's point one. Um, The first point that I want to make is this church is not a building. Uh, This church is you and me. This church is not a building. Uh, We're three years in, and we don't actually have a physical location. Dad, why do you think that's so important, that the church is not just a building, but the church is is, it's us? I think it's because God... You know, when I look at everything and I think about 
just you. I mean, I, I can see. I'm going to stand up. Is that yeah, all right? Yeah, go ahead. And, and when I see you, I just see this. I say, you know what? Look what God has done. Look what God has done. If we take one step, look what God does. And, you know, the church is about, when I grew up, I mean, I grew up, and some of you know, my mother was Methodist, my bad, dad was Baptist, they fought, we didn't go to church much, so, and my mama's mama was charismatic, my, my, daddy's, uh, my daddy's mom was Jehovah Witness, my mama married another man, he was Catholic, so I didn't need religion, I needed out of my state of confusion. Absolutely. And what happened is I met Jesus, and I saw all these different things, and I know that it was a lesson in my life, and I would go. I remember being nine years old, sitting in the Methodist church, nothing against the Methodist, but I would go, this is the most boring thing I've ever been to in my life. <laughs> and I remember going to the, uh, the Baptist church, and the, the lady, was ne- she was teaching us, and she seemed like she was a wicked witch of the West, and she wasn't getting my quarter that day. And, and it's like, but, but the thing is that I... That, but, I saw my grandmother, and I saw that people that really love God, the, the change. And sometimes I see people come to church, and they give their life to Jesus, but they don't know where to go, what to do. What's the next step? Where do I go from here? We can make a commitment and raise our hand and go, but I felt like it was more important that we raise disciples because disciples, followers of Jesus, change things. Absolutely. And that's what he came for. He came to die for the church. And people that are willing to lay their lives down and willing to go, you know what? I believe in this cost so much. I'm willing to lay my, my expectations, my, my feelings down. And I want to put them at the feet of Jesus. And I want to see what God can do. If God can use me, I believe this. He can use anybody. I believe that. And so the church is the hope of the world. And that's what Jesus died for. Absolutely. So if you hear that vision, then you understand this. And I said this earlier. When he started, how long was it that we didn't have a building when we started? Almost, almost three years. So, so talk about just a little bit, because I don't think people understand, like, we should not be here today. No, I mean, I went to a church growth seminar, and, and they, you know, Pastor Josh and I went to it, yeah. and he was like 18 or whatever, and we looked at each other and go, wow, <laughs> we did everything you're not supposed to. Yeah. So, so talk about the traveling around. Yeah, like and, and, I, and I remember being there, walking away and go, you know why God just smiled on us? Because we just love him. We're trying to do the right thing. Yeah. And, I mean, literally we started at the Holiday Inn. The, the kids, you think you have a problem with children's church? <laughs> Our children's church was bedrooms. Like, not kidding. The, in be, you know, Holiday Inn rooms with beds. Today, you would have walked in here and be like, this is not the church go, for us. Oh, my God. Y'all would have been like, we ain't staying here. And then I remember they tried to up our rent like three times, like three times the original amount. And so we said, we're not, we're not going to do it. I felt like Moses for almost like a year. We would go to the VFW. We, we even did services in harsh stables. That is a true statement. And we did, I mean, we went, we went all over, but we just knew we had a passion and people were just raising up people. And, and that's, how, that's how we did it. Yeah, so I, I think when you hear that story, what ultimately at the end of the day, what you hear is that our vision is so much bigger than just a building. Mm. It's bigger than a building because at the end of the day, um, and you've seen it, you, you saw it in, in the flood. I mean, a hurricane could come through and wipe this building out and OSC Crowley would still exist. Mm. We're not a building. Right. At the end of the day, we're, we're a people, and we care about making disciples. We care about where you're at right now and what you're walking through and where you're at as a family and what you're dealing with in your marriage. And so that's why we say, man, point one, one of our biggest values, it's not about where we meet. At the end of the day, that's like on the lowest thing in our minds because at the end of the day, we care about you as an individual. Um, go ahead. 
No, I was just going to say something. Give you an example. Just, I love when I find people that are passionate for Jesus. And that's one thing that, that, that attracts me. You know, it's like I've learned this. The longer you serve God, eventually Jesus will introduce you to his friends. And, you know, and it's like when he introduces you to his friends, it's amazing. It's awesome. Yesterday we did a funeral. Um, and it was a young guy that was killed. He was 23 years old, killed in a motorcycle accident. And the grandmother goes to our church. And uh, the daughter and the mother, the grandmother aren't talking because the daughter, all, just a bunch of stuff. And we went there, and we, I wasn't even going to, I was just going to show up for the funeral. And the, the daughter's pastor, we, we know each other, Pastor Bubba, come and help. And long story short, we had a salvation service, we had a deliverance service, and we had a healing service. It was a two-hour funeral. Wow. And she wrote me this morning. And on my text, I could show, I'm not going to read, I'm telling you, but she said, Pastor Bubba, thank you so much. We couldn't have done it without you and the church and the family that we're a part of. They're African-American. We're white. That doesn't matter. Are you hearing me? And yes. she said, Pastor Bubba, 20, my grandson, my other grandson got saved, really got saved yesterday. 20 of the friends got saved. See, it's all the backstories. We can talk about all this stuff, you know, but it's the backstories. It's the guy that showed up to a life group the first time. John Marceau and Jennings, that he heard that we weren't going to have a church because I said, we're not having a church today. It flooded. We're going to go be the church. Yeah. And we just started serving, and y'all served here. I mean, the governor's wife came in a helicopter to greet Zach and Claire. You know, there was all these different things and all the things that were going behind the scenes. But this guy goes to a life group. He comes to the church for the first time. He's disillusioned about church where he'd been all of his life. And all of a sudden, he comes to first service, and he meets Jesus. And when he meets Jesus, he goes to a life group, and he goes to a life group, and the lady that, one of the ladies that was in that life group, her son had committed suicide. And they had this big dinner, and what they did, they took that dinner and brought it to this lady's house and to her family and served that family an incredible dinner. And he walked away, and he goes, that's what I've been looking for all my life. That was the love of God. And he said, we went back and we ate pizza. And I was happy to eat pizza that night. Yeah. And that's what church is all about. And I look at you and I, I see some of you that are young and, and that are older and stuff. God's, God's doing something here. God's in the process. You have incredible, wonderful, just people that love God here. I'm telling you, there are people that are passionate for Jesus in this room. And that's what I'm so attracted. When I come here, I don't get to come here as often as Zach's kind of a control freak. So he keeps me away. No, I'm teasing. And I'm just playing. But but let let me just say this. You know, the church is, it's, it's, it's perfect because, you know, it's imperfect people. And that's what we're going to talk about next. It's just imperfect, imperfect people that they meet Jesus and all of a sudden something changes. And God changes them from the inside out. God is doing an inside job on you. Amen? And that's what we want. Yeah, and what he's saying is just the second thing that, that I've kind of learned from my dad along the way is that this church is full of perfectly imperfect people. Um, and, and we say that because if you read in, in Romans 5, it says, while we were still weak. Mm. And if you read the rest of it, it says that Christ still died for us. Mm-hmm. So the common excuse, and I'm sure you hear it all the time, is, I mean, people say, man, I can't walk into the doors of the church because uh, I'm still jacked up. I'm, well, 
come on, you'll fit right in. <laughs> like, welcome home. I mean, we're, we're all walking mm. through different things. But the truth is we love you enough to, man, we want you to come in and we want you to get healed. We want, you, we want this to be a safe place where you can struggle with things. But at the end of the day, we love you so much that we're not willing to let you stay there. Mm. We don't want to let you stay there. Right. And we want you to experience freedom. Um, so, Dad, talk about that. I mean, why are we so passionate about not just seeing people come in? Because here's, here's the danger that we, that we walk into sometimes. This church is known for, man, we, we, we talk about the grace of God. We want to see broken people healed, and we want to see. But at the same time, don't ever get confused that, um, like, we're just going to be, we're just going to all band together and hold hands and be a bunch of broken people together. Yeah. <laughs> at the same, we want to see you, like, get free, right? Yeah. I mean, talk about that. Well, I mean, when I think about three things that Jesus did when he was on this earth. He said words that no one ever said. You know, remember he looked at me and go and sin no more, for your sins have been forgiven. Yeah. You go, wow, who are you? That's what the religious people, the professional religious people, you know, they, who, who, you know, and he said, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. You know, and he, so he said words that no one said. Not only did he say words that no one said, but he did works that no one did. He did miracles. I look at Matt. He shouldn't be here today. He had malaria. I mean, as far as what doctors say, he's a dead man. He is a dead man. He's dead to himself, and he's alive in Jesus. He wrote a book on it. You can buy it at onebyone.net. Book plug. But but the thing is, is that... And, and, and I'm standing. I had 21 months to live with stage four cancer. I'm standing. I had two types of cancer. Come on. And God's healed me, you know. And, and so I'm still in the battle for one thing, but I'm believing God. That doesn't stop me. I'm not depressed, you know, oh God, you know, all that. I mean, I'm just, hey, I mean, if he started this work in me, he said he's going to finish it. Amen. And, and so Jesus said words and God, I believe this is Jesus speaks words to you that you know that it's his words to you. God's done works in your life that no one has ever done in people's lives. And the last thing he, did, he does, he demonstrates power. That's incredible. That's hard to explain. You know, I think about the disciples and Zach's talking about church history. You know, the very seed to the church was martyrs' deaths, the blood of the martyrs. They were willing to lay their lives down. But the most important thing is that they didn't have a Bible. They knew that, that Christ was crucified. The Bible says, for the joy set before him, he endured the cross. He said, you know what? It's for you. It's for Bubba. It's for Zach. It's for Claire. It's for Mike. It's for people. It's Catherine. It's people over here. I did this for you. And the thing that they, they shared was a resurrection. They know that that's the difference between Christianity and any religion in the world. There was a resurrection. There was power. That Jesus didn't stay in the grave. You don't go into that town and go, oh, and by the way, here are the bones of Jesus. (laughs) There's nothing there. He left. He's with the Father, and he's with us, and he sent the Comforter, the Holy Spirit. And the Bible says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead lives in you and me. And that's what they proclaimed, and they saw the power, the resurrection power of Jesus touch people's lives. And so, absolutely, I'll and shut I, up. No, it's good. I think, I think at the end of the day, is what you hear in the first two points that we're making is the church is not a building. The church is for perfectly imperfect people, and, and, and we say that because more than anything, we're interested in your story. Mm. 
more than anything, we want you to be a part of a greater story that God is, is doing. So you hear the excuse, I hear it all the time from people, oh, man, I just, I don't go to church because they're a bunch of hypocrites. I remember my reply to one guy one time, I was like, great, well, come on, you'll fit right in because <laughs> you're one of them. Um, and the truth is, like, we're all on this journey. We're, we're, God's all defining our story. And at the end of the day, man, we, I'm not saying that one, one day this church will have a permanent location. One day we will have a building. Oh, yeah. But at the end of the day, the truth is, like, we care more about your story than we do being able to hang a cross outside of the building. At the end of the day, we, we want you to be actively a part of this journey that God is moving all of us on. And at the end of the day, your life and your destiny and your purpose and your freedom means more to us than anything. And so I, I just want to encourage you, man, if you're here and maybe this is your first time here and you're hearing a message like this for the, for the first time, stop making the excuse of, one, I can't go to church because, you know, I'm just going to be judged or I'm just going to be that or a bunch of people are hypocrites or, or whatever. At the end of the day, I can promise you this. This will never be a perfect church. We're going to make mistakes. Um, we're going to fail you. If, if we haven't offended you yet, I'm sure it's coming at some point. But one thing that we do strive to do, one, if we make a mistake, man, we'll, we'll apologize. Um, the second thing is, as I said earlier, we just want you to be involved in the life of this mm. church. That's why we talk about the dream team. That's why we talk about life groups. That's why we continually talk about vision and, and moving forward. That's why it's so important for you to get to know guys like my dad. I mean, I, I look at this, and he's walking on... For us, this is a three-year journey. We're just getting started. Mm. I mean, we haven't even crossed the, the starting line yet. I mean, this is just getting off the ground. And um, at the end of the day, I think the reason my relationship with my dad is so important is um, we talk about discipleship all the time. We talk about entering into this story that God wants to do in us and in our hearts. But at the end of the day, we try as best as we can to, to, to just model in our own personal lives what we want God to do in you. Mm. I'm not a pastor that's just alone here, you know, sticking my finger in the wind going, God, which way do you want us to go? Like we have men that sit down and correct us and love us and push us and teach us and disciple us. And at the end of the day, it's become so vital and it's so important in our lives. We just want to share that with you. So point three that we want to make is the church is a place where if you're lost today, that this can be a place where you not only experience freedom, but you encounter it. So what I want my dad to do real quick is talk about why it's so important not just to have an experience on a Sunday morning, but why is it so important to actually have like an encounter with Jesus? Well, just part of my testimony, and I'm not going to go in depth in it, but it's like I was lost. I come from a broken home. Um, my parents got divorced at 10. My mom ran off and married another man. And, and, uh, and so that my, my life became devastated. I got involved in drugs, alcohol, all those different things. And I remember, and I, I ended up, uh, by the time I graduated, I'd been to uh, 14 different schools because they invited me to leave, and some didn't want me to come to their school. <laughs> that's the truth. And um, so they, people go, what are we going to do with this kid? And I wasn't mean, but I was just, I was, I just do stuff. that no one, I would just do stuff people wouldn't do. And, and I look at that, and I go, you know what? I'm the perfect, my, I look at my life, I'm the, I was kind of the perfect candidate you know, to go, you know, Jesus, if, if, if you know, I talked to a, a girl that was the queen of our school the other day. She goes, Bubba, you would make the best Catholic if you just come to the Catholic church. <laughs> I mean, seriously, she said, you'd make the best Catholic. And I said, well, Shelly, it's not about that. It's about what Jesus has done in my life. 
He's changed me. I did have an encounter with God. I met him in a real way. And, you know, and along the line, I've seen people that have had incredible encounters with God. But see, an encounter with God just doesn't happen on a Sunday morning. Church is not an event. Church is about knowing the person of Jesus. And then you walk with him for a lifetime. Because, see, you can have people that are eloquent the way they speak. They can move crowds. They can touch hearts. But they can have what we call anointing. But if they don't have godly character, it will not keep them there. So true. And we, have, we look in the media. We see people. Well, how did that person? How did this person? You know, last year in a moment of like six months, they had over 30 mega pastors fall. And some kind of different thing, finances and morality, different things like that. And that's why I, I come up here. Listen, let me, let me, if I would go to England and mess up, I would have a line of people waiting for me to pimp slap me in the spirit. <laughs> what do you mean, Pastor Bubba? I'm, I'm, I'm serious because I walk with men that, and when Zach talks about accountability, I'm not going around going, you know, hey, I did this and I did that. Or, because it, it's not that. I don't try to get to that point. I'm like, you know, there's some things in my life we need to talk about. My yeah. wife and I still meet with a couple that's been married 45 years, and they speak into our marriage. We've been married 37, and we have a great marriage. But how I many you know if you want something good, how I many of you can have good, great, or incredible? Okay, y'all shake your heads. <laughs> Donkeys shake their heads at gates, too. Hey, look at me. Come on. Come on, I'm trying. Somebody help me out. Pull out a hanky. But anyway. The most important thing is this, guys, is, is that, you know, and the privileges that, that I love about Zach and Claire and my grandsons, they were like, hey, Papa, are we coming over tonight? Because Sunday nights is kind of our tradition. They come over and we talk about life. We talk about church. We meet during the week. But that's just our time. Claire can go, I'm tired. If she wanted to, she can take a nap. And I'm, I look at them, I'm tired. I'm leaving all of y'all. And, <laughs> and, and it's, it's just it's the way we do family. And that's what church is all about. And that's what life groups are really about. It's just doing life together. It's just Absolutely. being real. Absolutely. So I think at the end of the day, hear this, if you hear anything. If you're lost, you feel broken, you're walking through a divorce right now, you're walking through strained finances, you're walking through, man, I'm walking in the doors and I need answers. Um, I want you to know one thing. Jesus is the only answer. And our entire goal at this church is just to point you to Jesus. It's not to point you to a man. It's not to point you to, you know, the leaders on this stage. It's not to do any of that. Our goal for this church is for you to flourish and grow in your relationship with Jesus. Mm -hmm. So number four, the church is a place to grow alongside family. It's a place to grow alongside family. Because at the end of the day, what happens is the longer you get connected into the life of this church, this is not just a place that you start coming. This is a place that you feel like, I belong here. I belong here. My, my best friends are here. I, I had the privilege. I just drove around a few nights ago. I looked up when some of our life groups were, were meeting, and I just drove around to some of the houses, and I see all the cars parked outside the house. I'm like, man, this is awesome. I, mean, I drove by, I drove by Jimbo, Jimbo's house, and I was like, man, there's like 20-something people at this group, all these people that are getting connected that would have never even met mm. if it wasn't for what God was doing in this church. Mm. they got people in here that are walking in community today that are flourishing in the relationships today because of life groups, because they, they don't see this as just a place where, oh, yeah, that's the, uh, that's the place that I go on Sunday. 
No, this is, this is the place where I go and I get fulfilled. This is the place where I go and I encounter Jesus. This is the place where I share my fears and my friends. And these are the people that become like family at the end of the day. So, Dad, why is family and community, why has it always been a core value for, for us? I think, you know, the, the, the reason there's, there's, you know, it's like when you go home. And, and when I was a kid, you could, you could go down the neighborhood and you could play at any house. You didn't worry. And there was any of those fears and stuff. And, and then if you talk bad about your mama, you know, there would be a hand go out the screen door, go down around the corner, <laughs> pass the stop sign, cross the crossroad, and slap your friend for listening to you disrespecting your mama and slap you too. <laughs> but the, the crazy thing is, I'm just trying to get your attention. The crazy thing is about family is what we, it's what we need. It's like when you come home and your mama can look at you and go, hey, how's it going, baby? It's okay, mama. No, 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 no. Look at me. It's not right. What's going on? Yeah. It's just not right. I remember Zach. I mean, he's a teaser. <laughs> and one day I'm coming home and I'm thinking, I just got to lighten this up. Yeah, and so yeah. One day he's lighting up and he's saying, I'm going to scare the heck out of my dad. And so he's riding around. I'm coming around the corner, and I'm eating lunch. I'm going to so – I think you were in high school or yeah, something. Yeah, well, I was a senior, so we had, I had a half day, and my dad comes in. Eat lunch. Yeah, if you're about to embarrass me, I'm going to embarrass you right now. Yeah, so, uh, no, I'm just kidding. So, no, my dad comes in from the door. He's got some headphones on, and he's coming around, and he's just whistling. He's, like, jamming out to some music, and I'm hiding behind the door. And all of a sudden, he's, he's like – he thinks he's going to get me, and he goes, ah! And I go, ah! And he goes, no! Anyway – and uh, so, you know, it's like, I'm a hunter. I'm going to skin it. So <laughs> he's an artist. So anyway, <laughs> just. <laughs> and, and so, you know, and it's like family. Can I tell you? You're laughing. You know why? We're just sharing family stuff. Yeah. Family's fun. Family, it's not just standing in the gaps. That's what you understand. You can, you, it's not just standing in those moments of gaps. It's times you celebrate. With Absolutely. People. It's a time. I have a, a young African-American guy, a kid this morning. His name is Xavier, and I love him. He's one of the leaders at Jennings High School, and he comes to me, Pastor Bubba, and he loves God. And he goes, do we do confession at our church? <laughs> and I, I said, X? I mean, man, I said, man of God, you have something you want to share with me? The Bible says we confess our sins to one another. I'm going to pray, and God will forgive us. He said, man, I need to talk to you. I said, well, I'm leaving to go early. Grab Pastor Josh. <laughs> but you know what? He comes to me and goes, I will. I'm not leaving church. Because there's something on him that God's doing in him. Mm-hmm. Are you hearing me? Yeah. And he's feeling like, I, 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 I need family. Yeah. I need someone to talk to. I need someone to process this through. Where I got to, I mean, he's a junior in high school. Come on. Coming an old man like me that's 57 years old. I'm like, come on, I still got it. (laughs) Yeah, and to be honest with you, the thing that I love about our church, and when I say our church, I mean Jennings, Crowley, and Eunice, not just this place. Let me say something about that. Yeah, go ahead. We're bigger than what you see. Yeah. Okay, we had 1,160 people in all three of our churches last week. That's not counting pregnant women twice. (laughs) That's just numbers. That's numbers, but numbers represent people. Numbers represents people that are seeking God. Numbers represents God's touching some people in our communities. Are you hearing me? Absolutely. And, not, and numbers matter because, you know what? God cares about people. 
and cares about you and he loves you. And our desire is not just to be a city church. It's to, it's, we want to change a region. We want God to move between Lafayette and Lake Charles. They can't have all the fun. We fix and have the fun. Yeah. We are the real people. Come on. Absolutely. Come on. Yeah, I thought y'all would get excited about that. <laughs> I mean, we, we do all the work for all them people. <laughs> See, I always tease them. In some of the rich cities, I go, you know what? The only time women in Lafayette go to their knees is when they lose their diamond ring. (laughs) People in Crowley still get on their knees and pray. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. I don't know where to take this now. That was fun. (laughs) Um, I think think the truth is, the thing that I love about all of our churches, and if you visit any of our campuses, you're going to hear the same thing over and over and over. Mm -hmm. Um, And the same thing they say every single time is I feel like the people are so friendly, and the thing that I loved about it is they were just real. Mm. They were just real. They were just real people. And, and I think I've learned that from my dad. I mean, my dad has always st- stood up here on a stage and has never tried to pretend like, you know, hey, I'm going you know, to lecture you, and I've got, all my li- I've got my life together, and let me just tell you how to do it. Um, that's what I love about him. If, if you see all of our pastors, that's where we get that. If, we, if you hear us up here telling personal stories or we open the door to our life and you feel like you're a part of that, because at the end of the day, we feel like that's, that's an important value for all of us. Mm-hmm. We want you to walk in the doors and just know that, man, this is a real place. It's not a place where you've got to come in and just, okay, let me, let me put the mask on. Let me, let me fake some things. Let me hide some things. Because if I say this or if I talk this way or if I mention this topic, then, man, people are going to look at me a different way. We just strive to be a real place where you can come in, and this is a place where you can have real discussion, real conversation. Because at the end of the day, um, we all live real lives. Mm-hmm. And you're going to go back to your Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday and you're not going to have this, but if you can walk into a place every Sunday morning and that you also know that, man, all throughout the week, I'm connecting with my groups, I'm connecting with people, I'm doing life with them. The thing that I love about our life groups is you got people that just get together, and I don't know if you know that you can do this in church, but they just get together to have fun. Like, it's not like, all right, it's not like Ryan's leading the life group. He's like, oh, thanks for coming to my house. Now open to First Peter, you know? Like, that's not how it is. It's just... We read the Bible, and, and we talk about Jesus, and we grow together, but we also have fun. Mm. I mean, Matt was at a group last night. That's where he shot a gun. Can you believe that he shot a gun for the first time? He's never going life. back to England the same. We, well, actually, let me tell you a quick story. Matt came in, and we were trying to plan out the week, and he's like, so um, I'm taking him different places. And I said, hey, man, Saturday, um, Chuck, he's sleeping at Chuck and Lori's house. I said, Chuck was going to line up us to go paintballing on Saturday. We can all go get some guys together. We can go paintballing. And he's like, dude, I'm European. You guys are all from America. You shoot guns every single day. I've never shot a gun in my life. Of course I'm not going paintballing. (laughs) (laughs) He's like, are you crazy? But the thing I tell that story is because what you see over the past three years in the life of this church is like guys that just can call one another up and like, man, let's go do something. Let's have fun. It goes beyond just a church. It goes beyond just an organization. It goes beyond just the staleness sometimes that we can feel on a Sunday. It, it literally creeps into your life and it becomes who you are. So that's why I want to make the fifth and final point that at the end of the day, this is what we believe. And I've heard my dad say this all the time. The church is unstoppable. It's unstoppable. Like God doesn't have a plan B. God's plan A is the church. God's plan A is community. God's plan A is you getting involved in the life of this 
church. I love what Matthew 16 says when, when Jesus looks at Peter. He says, Peter, upon this rock, I will build this church. And then he says this famous line that is so incredibly important. And he says, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Mm. That's why the church is, why is this plan A? Because it says that even the world outside cannot prevail against what God is doing in here. Mm. You may look at the world and say, oh, it's dark. You know what I can't stand? I can't stand when Christians sit around and they talk about this doom and gloom and the world's going to hell in a handbasket. My question to you is, what in the heck are we going to do about it as a church? Because mm. the church is unstoppable. Amen. This is God's plan. This is God's plan for us bringing hope to a generation, to a community that desperately needs it. Mm. So, so, Dad, just elaborate on that a little bit. Why do, why do you believe that the church is unstoppable? I believe the church is the hope for the world. I don't know if you know this, that uh, when Florida opened up, there are more Christian organizations and government programs are helping people. Wow, that's amazing. In Houston, the same thing. If the church wouldn't show up for these hurricanes, and, you know, FEMA's doing their part. Government has a, a role, but I'm just, I'm not here to be critical of that. But they could not do what they do without the people of God in the body of Christ. Absolutely. Rising up. People go, Pastor, but where, where's God in all this? When you see people loving people, that's called loving your brothers as you love yourself. Absolutely. And, I, I, you know, it's like, I just believe this. The reason the church is unstoppable, you just look at history. You see what's happened throughout the ages. And God's, you know, it's always one generation think they're smarter than the next. But sometimes, I like what Zach did. He, you gotta, sometimes you got to go back and look at history. And see what people were willing to do. Yeah. You know, and, and what they were willing to do. There was a, a, two guys in, in England called Latimer and Ridley. And, and they were about to be burned at a stake. And there's an X on the spot in the street in England. And, it's, and, he, and he looked at him and said, Latimer, today. Today. Today we lay our lives down for the king. And the other one says, I hope that we make a mark that will change the world. I don't know the name of the street. I don't know what city in England. Maybe Matt knows or Dave Jones know. <laughs> and, and, and he says, to this day, you can go to that place and there's a mark. You know what they were doing? They were putting, printing Bibles and giving them to people. And they were killed for that. And then you look at where we're at today, the freedoms that we have, the incredible privileges that we have. Amen. You know, there are churches that are shutting down all over America. But there are also people that are finding faith in Jesus. And they're changing things around. Because they believe the words of Jesus. They believe in his miracles. And they've, they've received the power of God personally to their lives. And that will never ever ever stop and that's why that's why it's so important that you understand who you are in Christ the Bible said he who began a good work in us is able to complete that to the day we see him face to face Amazing. and one day we will stand before the king of kings and I don't know if it'll be a windy day but I always think about it I think it you know I don't know what heaven's like there's no sun there but his glory his just the glory of God is going to be the, the daylight and we're going to match the face behind the voice that always spoke to us. And I can't imagine what that's going to be like. You know, you know the disciples saw him. I've never seen him. Now, people that have, I have friends that have seen Jesus. I haven't. I have. I've, seen his, I've heard his voice. He's spoken to me. 
I've walked. Sometimes I've walked in disobedience, but he's always brought me back like a, a child and loved me. And I've walked in obedience. And to one day to put match that face behind the voice, to feel the embrace. And see, that's what Jesus does right now by his Holy Spirit. He said, I'm going to leave, but I'm going to send a comforter. He's going to love you. He's going to counsel you. He's going to point away. He's going to direct you. He's going to help you. He's going to lift up Jesus. And listen, we have the privilege of having a relationship with the Holy Spirit. It's not just making that one-time raise-your-hand commitment and saying, you know, it's, it's like, Lord, here I am. Today, I take up my cross. I die to myself, and I'm going to follow you for the rest of my life. Absolutely. And that happened to me 37 years ago on May 15th, 1980, at 2 o'clock in the afternoon. And my pastor led me to the Lord. And from that day forward, when I met him and I had an encounter with him, why is the church important? Because the next, the next moment I was in my apartment tearing up all my pornography, my drugs. I had my devil trash. I had a 55-gallon trash bag, called it my devil bag. My friends would come up, what's that, Bubba? What's up? Because that's my devil bag. What? Yeah, I gave my life to Jesus. I was on the street at McKinley Street at the Strip preaching to people at bars the next night. Why? It wasn't because I got religion. It's because I fell in love with somebody. Absolutely. That forgave me. That all of a sudden, I felt him. I sensed him. And I remember, I'm, I'm the, first, the second guy I ever witnessed to, he ended up meeting the Lord. I saw him. We were doing a locker to locker. And I'm not going to close that. I got no time. And I remember he goes, he looks at me and goes, Baba McCann. I go, yeah. I've been looking for you for 14 years. Why? He goes, because you preached to me. You told me about Jesus on the, on, the, on the strip that night. And he said, if you would have known more about Jesus, you could have let me the Lord, but you scared the hell out of me. <laughs> and for two years, I was looking for God in a ceiling fan. I was laying down one night in the ceiling. And I felt something said move, and the ceiling fan fell, and it hit the floor would have killed me. And I went to church, and I got saved. I've been looking for you because you tormented me. <laughs> I was, at, I was at the Bruce Hart campus about five months ago. There was a guy there. Listen, if you serve God long enough and you're faithful and you, it, let me, God can do incredible things. Yeah. There was a guy there. He goes, he looks at me, goes, that's the guy. He looked at his twin boys and he said he lost his wife like a year ago. He said, he goes, shut up. We're in church. You need to listen to this guy. This guy witnessed to me like years ago when I used to be a bouncer at the bar. Shut up and listen to him. He has something to say. I had another girl come up to me at that same service. She, she goes, I remember you. I remember you. I was in, I was in uh, Eunice last week, and I had Glenn, you know, Glenn over there. And Glenn, and he, he just said, I didn't even know. They were showing a video, and he said, Pastor Bubba, you told me you are going to Africa. And when you came back, you were starting their church, you said you were going to call me. And he said, I thought you'd be like all them other preachers. You, just, you were just being nice to me. And I th- I'll go, man, I hope I called him. I was watching the video. And he goes, and you called me. Church, listen to me. Church is not a building. Yeah. Church are people that have been saved, that have been delivered, that are imperfect, but have, they have a desire to serve and to honor God and follow him. Yes. Amen. Amen. And so that's what we're about. And listen, we, the reason we're here, listen, you know why we're in Crowley? 
Because Jesus loves you. Mm. I remember saying, you know, red, yellow, black, and white. They're all precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children of the world. I learned that in Methodist Sunday school at four years old. And he loves you. And he cares for you. It doesn't matter what side of the bayou you're from. It doesn't matter what side of the river. It doesn't matter your last name. It doesn't, it doesn't, ma- it doesn't matter what your earth suit looks like on the outside. What shape, what color, whatever it is. Jesus loves you. That he was willing for you to take your shame. My shame. Our sin. Our brokenness. And begin to do a work inside of us. That we, he would call us. And then one day we would turn around and we'd begin to call him. And when we call to him, he calls back. And he reveals himself. And he doesn't just leave you in your, your shame and all your stuff and your junk in your trunk. But he begins to do a great work in us. But that work only happens when there's community, when there's family, when there's people just going, hey, hey, he's speaking to you. You hear what he's saying? He's moving in you. And see, that's why we're here. Yeah. We're not celebrating. You're not Bubbaites. <laughs> You're not, we're not celebrating. We're not starting some, something. We just want to, we want to be, I want to follow Jesus and do what he tells us to do in this book because in this book I read it every day I do I read it every day people can mark it up but my life's been marked by this book it's a manual it's a love manual teach you how to be a good husband a good daddy a good citizen a follower how to serve how to have compassion how to stand up for righteousness but you gotta open it up it's a path. It's a way. They say the two least read books in the whole world are the Bible and the owner's manual of your car. But let something go with your, wrong with your car. You pull it out, right? This is about your life. God loves you enough yeah. that he, sent, he set you in family in a course that he has for the rest of your life. Amen. You know... That's why we, um, we believe that the church is unstoppable. That's why we believe at the end of the day, everything that we talked about this morning, like you have the opportunity, if you plug into this place here, you have the opportunity to be a part of the greatest force on the earth, the church. And at the end of the day, if you plug into what we're doing here, what God is doing, not just what we are doing, what God is doing here at this church, you're plugging into something that is unstoppable. You're plugging into something that is so much bigger than you. And I can promise you this, that there are people here today that are searching and looking for something that is bigger than themselves. You're not here today because you're just, you wanted to attend another cool church. (laughs) You're not here today just because you wanted to give up your Sunday. You're here today because you want your life to be significant. You want your life to matter. You you have things that stand in front of you right now, and you're here today because you want to hear from Jesus. That's why you're here today. 
And so when you plug into the life of what God is doing, that's what you're plugging into. The life transformating power of Jesus. That at the end of the day, this is not just an organization. At the end of the day, what we're doing here matters. It makes a difference on eternity.